There you are. Welcome to 400 Words of Horror. Welcome, welcome to my horror haven. First things first, you have to remember that you are here by your own volition. These stories are here to spook you with fun, so listener discretion is advised. Feel free to leave if today's stories are not for you. Oh, you're still here. That is good to see. I would be fine if you were gone, but I'm glad that you're here with me today. Spooky season, huh? Let's stir things up a little bit. How about... Today, the stories are all about human nature, which is scary to me. I know, I know. Sometimes I get scared too. <laughs> Here is one who has been too much charmed. It was love at first sight. Well, as much as that is a real thing. The first time I saw her, she was laughing with a group of people. Her laugh was intoxicating. She wore a white dress. She always wore white. After that first meeting, I tried to find her again. The campus we went to wasn't that big, but no matter where I looked, I never seemed to find her. The second time we met was when one of my good friends introduced us. Seeing her up close, she was even more ethereal. Dark curls framing her round face, her smile, even more intoxicating than from afar. The sun made her dark eyes glow golden in the light. I must have looked like a fool staring at her. She and I became friends, but never close ones. I would still try to look for her on campus, but never seemed to find her. It was as if she actively hid from me, but that couldn't be true. I was not important enough for her to bother hiding from me. Then my good friend, the one who had introduced us, disappeared. Their room was deserted, most of their belongings still there. The police just said they had run away and they didn't try to find them afterward. But I knew. I knew them. I knew they wouldn't just run off. Something must have happened to them, but no one believed me. No one but her. She listened to me. She helped me survive my friend's disappearance. She was there for me. She was my angel. She was all I had left. She would let me drown my tears in the white of her clothes. I could barely go anywhere without her. I was nothing without her. <laughs> Pity, isn't it? I always thought she must have seen me as a nuisance, a liability, a burden to carry around her, like a hurt puppy who never seems to heal. But she just smiled. That smile put a collar around my neck and locked me away. I didn't mind it. I was happy with it. She was all I needed. 
I stopped talking to my family, and slowly my missing friend's face faded into a distant memory and was replaced by soft white cloth. I wasn't upset anymore. I didn't even remember why I was upset in the first place. I don't even remember my friend's name. Strange. Were they ever really that important to me? Looking back, they were always just an echo next to her. They always just took her from me. They must have hidden her from me. They must have known that she was someone to keep away from everyone else to live and breathe for. That's why I could never find her. I'm glad that they are gone. Nothing else matters but her. I had stopped going to classes. I hadn't even left my room for what must have been months. I didn't need to leave. When she was here, I had all I ever needed. And her smile, her kind and lovely smile, how could anyone be so nice? I didn't deserve her. So, when she told me she I wanted to help me go back to my old life, I agreed. She said follow me, and so I did. Was our campus always so bright? We walked and walked. I had no idea where we were going, and I didn't really care. I just watched her back as we moved along. Her dark curls bobbing up and down, her hand holding mine, my fingers burning hot, her hands cold, leading me around, her white dress glowing. We entered a room. I'm not sure if we were still on campus or not. She introduced me to a bunch of other people. We all said our hellos, but neither party seemed especially interested in the other. I put in an effort to at least seem friendly. I did it for her. They were her friends, after all. Her friends. She must have walked away while we were introducing each other, because when I looked back to her, she was handing out cups with what appeared to be wine or punch. We all drank. It tasted sweet. She looked at me with her dark eyes. She smiled at me, and my body started feeling hot. Her friends were watching me too, surrounding me, their faces blank as if they were wearing masks. The burning inside my body didn't stop. It started to be painful. It felt like my insides were burned to a crisp. She entered the circle of people as I cowered in the center. Me on the ground, her standing over me. It was as if light was coming out of her. Then her face opened up. It was as if she was peeled open. Below was a gaping darkness. She started speaking, if you could call it that, but I couldn't make out the words. Her friends started repeating what she said like an echo. 
My body was still on fire. I felt sick. My vision became more blurry and I think I vomited. But whatever pooled in front of me could not have come from inside my body. It looked like thick ink. It looked alive. It was then that I blacked out and woke up in my dorm. There was a letter on my bedside table. It was from her. I hope you will attend our next meeting. We still have a lot to work on, if you want to go back to your former life. I went back. Of course I went back. I never missed a single meeting. She helped me survive, after all. She was my angel, my love. And the poison that would never let me breathe again. That was scary. Not for the reasons you think, of course. You think she was scary, right? Well, she was not the scary thing about this story. She was not scary at all. From the beginning, it was obvious that she was dangerous. But the person, the way that person was attached, devoted, Attracted to her? Now that was actually scary. Attraction makes humans blind to the dangers around them. Which makes it the most dangerous tool in the world. Do not get me wrong, of course, I love love. I love caring, I love liking, I love bonding with people, of course, but attraction? Attraction is a spell that puts you on a pedestal, unable to realize the red flags. That is what people say, right? Red flags? I think that's right. And in this next one, the charm is not the blinding factor, but is the danger itself. When I met Morgan, I thought she was the best thing to ever happen to me. She was everything I was missing. Whimsy and brightness and joy thrown suddenly into my boring beige box of a life. Needless to say, I was hopelessly in love with her. But I'm getting ahead of the story here. The night we first met, she was absolutely covered in glitter. Head to toe in it. In her hair, all of her clothes spread across her skin. Covered. She found me sulking in the corner of a party that I didn't want to go to. Dragged out by my friends to celebrate something or other. I thought she was trying to pull me onto the dance floor. (laughs) And I braced myself for the wall of uncomfortable bodies and sound. But instead, I found myself being pulled up the stairs and then out onto the roof of the building. It wasn't peace and quiet exactly, the bass from the party music was still pumping through the soles of our feet. But it was mercifully quieter, and the fresh air was nice. How did you find this? I asked. 
I never expected these sorts of houses to even have roof access. It turned out she lived in the house where the party was happening, and she'd found it when she moved in. <laughs> she, uh, she liked to go out there to go stargazing. Clearly out of my element at the party, I had been an easy target to drag outside to join her. We did watch the stars for a while, and I went home in the early morning, my hands and face covered in glitter. I knew I needed to see her again. And things went pretty quickly from there. We started dating and within a few months we'd moved in together. I never saw her with quite so much glitter as that first party, but it really was a part of her personality. And it was always in her wardrobe, even if a bit more subdued. You probably already know how much glitter sticks to things. It's the subject of many jokes. You can't get the stuff off you once it's on, or off anything else either. Before I moved in, I would occasionally find a few spots lingering on my skin or clothes. After I moved in, <laughs> I could have sworn she was just dumping the stuff straight into our laundry. I started to feel like I was covered in the stuff constantly. And don't get me wrong, it was definitely part of her charm, being so sparkly, but surrounded by it, it started to wear on my nerves. It was overwhelming. And my friends certainly didn't let it slide that I was constantly covered in glitter. I thought about asking her to do our laundry separately, but honestly, I didn't think it would make that much of a difference at that point. It was on my skin, in my hair, it was in our bedsheets and the carpet. Occasionally, I found a bit of it mixed in with our food. It started to get too much. I would look at it, and I would look at her, and I would snap at her, and she would snap back at me. The glitter was getting underneath my skin, and things were starting to hurt. When we would fight, it would sting. A scratching sharpness under my skin, in my guts, in my head. I would like to say that I noticed that my pain was related to our fights, and so I stopped picking them. But... That was not true, and I didn't. I kept getting angry, and I kept hurting, and then I got even angrier because I was hurting. We fought over cleaning our shared space, over her going out late to parties, over anything and everything. Over the glitter, of course. And then I'd spend the rest of the night curled up in bed. That awful feeling under my skin. Till finally, it was just too much. Morgan was out at a party again that night. I'd failed to talk her out of it, and she'd failed to talk me into it. Somehow, through all the pain, I'd fallen into a shallow sleep after she left. And I woke up late in the night, everything still hurting. I struggled out of my room in a haze. The apartment was dark. Morgan was still gone. And something was very, very wrong. I got to the kitchen, poured myself a glass of water, staring morosely at the specks in it that might have been glitter, not that I could really see in the darkness, and downed it. That feeling of wrongness wasn't going away. It was just growing. It wasn't pain, exactly, but it was awful. For a moment, I thought I was going to throw up. 
The image popped into my head of vomiting up nothing but glitter and I laughed. Manic. <laughs> and then, under the skin of my stomach, something jerked and moved. I thought for a moment it really was just nausea. But then it did it again, my skin bulging out, stretching as whatever it was forced it outwards, and I screamed. Whatever this was, it was going to rip me open if it didn't stop. If I didn't stop it. I didn't even fully realize I was holding the knife until I was plunging it into my own stomach. Where blood should have been was a cascade of glitter spilling out over the floor. I passed out. And Morgan must have gotten home soon after that because when I came to, I was in a recovery room at the hospital. I panicked, uh, clawed at my stitches until a startled nurse stopped me. And after hearing the nonsense, I told her she reassured me that she'd only seen blood and absolutely no glitter, and that I really, really wanted those stitches to stay stitched. I believed that she was probably telling me the truth after a while. <laughs> if I'd really been bleeding glitter, the doctors would have been a lot more confused. But it was hard to fully accept that what I had seen had just been some sort of hallucination. Especially considering the smear of glitter over my hands that not even my time in the ER had rubbed off. Attraction is a charm spell that dooms people into their end. And that is what's scary about it. That is all the stories I have for you today, and if you excuse me, I have to dust off this charm energy that those stories left around here. Happy spooky season! This has been 400 Words of Horror, a horror-themed anthology podcast made by audio drama enthusiasts who wanted to get started as creators. The show was produced by Gem Iden and Lissa J, and the episode was edited and sound designed by the one and only Gem Iden, who also voiced our wonderful Haven. I'm also incredibly excited because I get to introduce two new friends of ours who joined the casting crew for this episode and will be sticking around with us. We are so excited to have dragged them into our mess. You can hear both of them in the story Devotion, which was written by Eli Schwartz. It was edited by Jem Iden and Just Jenna, and it was performed by our lovely Elaine. Welcome in. The cultists in background ensemble was Prax Kilowatt, Eli Schwartz, Lissa J, and Leo B. Moss, our other friend we dragged in. Hee <laughs> hee. I'm going to be sneaky again, and I wanted to give an extra special shout out to Jem, who put together the absolutely gorgeous, beautiful music you heard in the background of Devotion. They edited together a bunch of sounds that they found, and it came out so pretty. The story Pixie Dust was written by Fortune Salem, edited by Gemma Iden and Just Jenna, and it was performed by Just Jenna. You guys have to understand, when, like, all of us in the cast and crew heard Jenna's takes for the first time, mouths to the floor, they shocked us all, and they did an incredible job. All of the sounds that were used in this episode were found on Free Sounds. As per usual, you can find all of the links in our episode document, along with the transcripts and the full cast and crew. 
If you like what we do here and you want to support us financially, we could not be more thankful. Thank you so, so much. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash 400 words of horror and also on Ko-Fi at 400 words of horror. On our Patreon, you can find works in progress, behind the scenes editing tips and tricks from Gem. You can find ad-free episodes, bloopers, bonus content, you name it, we probably have it. You can join our wonderful henchmen, Just Jenna, Henchman G, Jen W, Saza, and Cake if you want in on the action. If you can't support us financially or just want to show your love a different way, a great way to do that is to leave us a review on your podcasting app of choice. The ratings on there go a long way for visibility, of course, but the best way to spread word about our show is word of mouth, as you might have guessed. So feel free to talk about us to all your friends, all your family, all your coworkers, random strangers on the bus, whoever you can find. Tell them about 400 Words of Horror. Tell them we're incredible. Um, or don't, but like you should. <laughs> If you want to follow our shenanigans, stay up to date, know what's going on in the loop, you can always follow us on social media. We have our Twitter and our Tumblr at 400 Words of Horror, and we actually just opened up a blue sky as well, so you can find us over there when Twitter inevitably goes down the shitter. That is 400wordsofhorror.bsky.social. Our DMs on all of the apps are open, so please feel free to leave us feedback. We love any and all constructive criticism, feedback you have about the show. We read it all. We appreciate you. As always, a little thank you, thank you, thank you so, so, so much from us to you for paying attention to our show and listening to us and giving us a chance. We appreciate it immensely. We actually just recently got to 100 downloads, which is like kind of insane. It's such a big number compared to what we started with and what we thought we were going to be now. So each and every single one of you, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We'll be back in a few weeks, as always, with some more spooky, scary stories for you. So stay tuned. Bye bye.